Mind Your Business, brought to you by Appalachian Commercial Real Estate, providing professional commercial real estate services. Visit AppalachianCRE.com. Hello and welcome into a very special edition of the Mind Your Business podcast series, a presentation of the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce. I am David Jackson, President and CEO of the Chamber, and we are wrapping up the 2023 High Country Economic Kickoff Luncheon and our keynote presentations this episode featuring Tracy Swartout, the superintendent of the Blue Ridge Parkway. During her address, she addressed a number of topics, including National Park Service priorities, especially as they relate to the Blue Ridge Parkway, some of the economic impact figures and facts that are associated with just what the Blue Ridge Parkway brings annually to the state of North Carolina and really the High Country region overall. And then she also gave a great update date on the Great American Outdoors Act. That was the congressional bill passed in 2021 that will allow some of the deferred maintenance needs of all National Park Service units, including the Blue Ridge Parkway, to get some of those things checked off the list. And uh, she provides a great update as to how that will work for Blue Ridge Parkway uh, features as part of that congressional act. So again, take a listen to Tracy Swartout, superintendent of the Blue Ridge Parkway. First of all, thank you for the warm welcome. I'm Tracy Swartout. I'm the superintendent for the Blue Ridge Parkway. If you know us, we're that road up on the hill, uh, and it connects Shenandoah National Park in Virginia with the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. Some of you may think we're a national forest, but we are, in fact, our own national park unit. Uh, We are a unit, one of the 400-plus units of the National Park Service. Now, when people hear that I work for the Park Service, sometimes they think of this guy— uh, out there with Yogi Bear and the picnic basket at Jellystone. But if they hear him as superintendent of the National Park Service and they're of a certain age, do you, any of you guys remember Schneider from One Day at a Time? He was the superintendent. And I do have, I do have keys that are that big. Um, if you haven't realized already, I'm not the economist who's presenting today. I'm sort of like the wedged-in middle of the Oreo cookie. Um, the pictures on the bottom really more reflect what it's like to be a park superintendent. And I'll tell you just a little bit about these two Um, for a National Park Service unit in the country, it's kind of like being a county administrator or an administrator of a small municipality. I lead a team of several hundred people who work across an incredibly diverse range of disciplines um, to manage the full operations of a major national park unit. It's an unusual job, uh, but these two pictures for me sort of demonstrate the range of things that we do. On uh, the right, or your right, uh, is a picture of me up on the parkway at one of our historic sites, connecting with people in the field, connecting with park partners, connecting with folks to build support for the local areas of the park. In all our parks, things are local. And with 469 miles, every one of our communities is an opportunity to go local. And on the other side, on the left, is a picture of me doing one of those great honors, which is being there for the swearing-in of a new slate of American citizens as people take their oaths of citizenship during a naturalization ceremony and become American citizens. Uh, sometimes, like that gentleman, after serving in the armed forces for a period of time as a quicker route to citizenship. And for me, you know, citizenship, one of the things you get is ownership of the national parks. So I'm going to speed through slides now. So that's me as a kid, you know, rangers pointing at things sort of thing. I was the outdoorsy kid. I always wanted to go do things in nature, a little bit of a tomboy, I would say. Uh, And it's at that age that I really first fell in love with the Blue Ridge Parkway. I spent 23 years with the Park Service. And in that time, uh, as was mentioned, I have lived in some of the most incredible places on the planet. And they're all here in our country and in our backyard. Uh, This is a picture of my mom in 1971 at Matthew's Cabin, 
uh, up in Virginia. And uh, the reason I like to show this picture for me is because what it represents is this continuum of time, because there's me 50 years later. Part of what we do in the National Park Service is connect generations of people to the same place. We allow people to have these experiences that expand over time, over generations, and allow people to come back. Probably my mom didn't know at the time that she was going to have me, and then 50 years later, there I am in the doorway. I did show her that picture, and she was like, look how skinny I am, <laughs> talking about herself. So I was like, thanks, Mom. You know, moms are moms. So um, for me, uh, it's a big part of what we do, is connect people with really important places in their lives and their communities. Uh, the National Park Service was created in 1916, and by that point, there were already a handful of small national parks, Yosemite, Mount Rainier, Sequoia, Yellowstone. They had proved that the concept of a National Park Service system could work, and I'm not going to give a big history talk on the National Park Service. I'm going to leave that to other people. But those parks set the stage for the creation of the National Park Service in 1916 by the U.S. Organic Act. And the mission statement's up there. I'm not going to read it to you, but basically the gist is we're going to protect these resources for generations, unimpaired, and allow generations of people to connect with them. Today, the Park Service works with partners across 412—excuse me, 424 units, cultural units, natural resources units, uh, and we invite almost 300 million people a year um, in the parks. And we do more than just manage parks. We also work uh, with local tribes, with governments, not-for-profits, businesses, and we also invest in preservation of local history and heritage in communities through uh, managing grant programs and a variety of programs that the National Park Service manages on top of national parks. Each unit of the Park Service does have its own enabling legislation, just like the Blue Ridge Parkway does. Uh, some of them are national monuments, some of them are national battlefields, national parks, national parkways, national parks and preserves, national historic site, boyhood homes, you get it. There's like 20-something. Uh, and there are only a few that are these big, long, linear national parks like the Blue Ridge Parkway. But we do call all the units national parks. So let's talk a little bit about economic impact. The Park Service has a significant and positive impact on the nation's economy. And so here I want to take a moment and recognize the significant work of some National Park Service economists. Uh, it's some of their work that I'm going to be referencing. Thomas Cullinan, Matthew Fleur, and Lynn Kuntz, they're co-authors of a publication you can Google up and check out, which I encourage you to do. It's called, um, it was put out this 22 it's titled Visitor Spending Effects, Economic Contributions to Local Communities, States, and the Nation. Uh, there's a lot of charts and data that I'm going to present that come directly from their work, and so I want to attribute a lot of this information to them. Um, in 2021, and, and that's the year that we have the most current data for, we're about to get the 22 data in in full. We're kind of waiting on some finalization of the December numbers in some places. But back in 21, 297 million people visited U.S. national parks, they spent $20.5 billion, with a B, in money, in communities, and they contributed to $42.5 billion in positive impact on the nation's economy, supporting over 300,000 jobs. When you break down this impact, and I don't expect you to see the chart, but this is for the whole Park Service, it's $20.5 billion in direct visitor spending. Um, primarily, um, lodging ac uh, expenses accounted for the largest share of that. In 2021, park visitors spent about $7 billion on lodging in hotels, motels, B&Bs, and other lodging, and another half a billion in campgrounds. Food expenses were the next largest share of expenditures uh, for national park guests, they spent about $4.2 billion dining at restaurants and bars and another $1.5 billion purchasing food at grocery stores to support their trips. 
in addition, the annual impacts to the annual impacts that you see from that last slide, there are significant and generation-defining investments that are happening right now in national parks all around the com- country, including the Blue Ridge Parkway, through something called the Great American Outdoors Act. Some of you may have heard of this legislation. Um, This has authorized up to $1.3 billion to be spent per year from fiscal year 21 through 25 for crucial infrastructure investments. And I can tell you at the Blue Ridge Parkway, we have a deferred investment backlog of about $500 million. And I'll talk to you in a little bit about some of the things that we're spending this money on. But it is significant and it is generation-defining investments in our major national parks around this country. Uh, since the initiation of GO in 2020, over $3 billion has been spent on infrastructure in this country and national parks. Uh, and this is contributing $4.7 billion to the U.S. GDP. This is just a little slide looking at our monthly visitation. So last year, we just went over 16 million. Uh, the numbers aren't official. I know we were like 15.9 and 21. We're just over 16 million for 22, but the number's not certified yet. This is what our monthly visitation looks like. And it's no big surprise to many of you. We have a peak in July, like a lot of national parks in the country, but we also have the leaf peeper peak, which is that one in October. We welcome over 2 million people in a four-week period. I think they're probably all driving through Boone and Blowing Rock, so you've seen many of them. Uh, But these visitors um, are an essential part of not only uh, the success of the national parks, but all the communities uh, that are around the country. The economic impact for the Blue Ridge Parkway, those uh, 15.9 million visitors in 21, now 16 million visitors in 22, spent more than $1.3 billion in our gateway communities, supporting almost 18,000 jobs and $1.7 billion in economic output overall, just for the Blue Ridge Parkway. Now, we are, as was mentioned earlier, the most visited national park unit in the country. Um, We and the Great Smokies go back and forth for one and two. Cash is cash. The superintendent down there and I are often duking it out over who's going to get the number one. But uh, between the two parks that are here, um, we represent 10% of the entire uh, economic impact to this country from national parks. So you have an amazing treasure in your backyard here. The directly affected sectors for the Blue Ridge Parkway's investments of our visitors, uh, almost $37 million in camping, $150 million in gas, $73 million in groceries, um, over half a billion in lodging, $34.7 million in other recreation, over $275 million in restaurant spending, uh, over $121 million in retail and about $34.5 million in transportation and associated expenses in local economies within 60 miles of the parkway. If you include secondary impacts and secondary spending, that brings that $1.3 billion to $1.7 billion of positive economic benefit from the existence of the parkway. So I thought I'd take a break from the numbers since I'm not the economist and talk about birds and bats because that's what people expect me to talk about. But I do want to kind of give you a sense of what is it that these people, uh, these couple hundred people on the parkway do for a living, uh, in in addition to just chatting with bears. Um, We do have a a range of occupations within the National Park Service. It's very similar. Whether you go to Grand Canyon, Mount Rainier, where I used to work, or Blue Ridge Parkway, they're all quite similar. So I'm going to go over the kinds of work that we do. Um, We do, just like a lot of parks around the country, we share this structure. Um, 
on our natural resources side, we have biologists, landscape architects, cultural resource specialists, archivists, and lands program staff and our compliance team. Um, on the vegetation side, some of the big challenges we face out there on the parkway include things like impacts from climate change, uh, trampling of vegetation by people going off-road, parking where they're not supposed to park. And on the cultural resources side, we are really trying to fight time to capture uh, some of the oral histories that are disappearing every day. Um, cataloging those for future interpretation, education, and telling diverse stories from the parkway and uh, just protecting the historic structures. Our next uh, division I'm going to talk about is maintenance and engineering. Like a lot of infrastructure-heavy parks like Blue Ridge Parkway, this represents the biggest part of our annual spending. Um, the Blue Ridge Parkway, we, this includes roads, trails, buildings, grounds, utilities, and engineering staff. So we have 469 miles of mainline road, uh, but we have also several hundred miles of other roads, uh, non-mainline paved roads as well as non-paved roads. And we have over 500 buildings. More than 100 of those are historic, meaning they're incredibly... If you ever lived in an old house, it's like crying and writing checks. That's kind of what it's like for a lot of our historic structures, and I love them. But I used to live in a 100-year-old house, and it was just like that. Um, in addition to the really expensive houses, sorry, I jumped ahead. In addition to the really expensive houses, uh, really expensive houses and important cultural assets we have, we also have a significant number of maintained vistas. There used to be more than 2,000 maintained vistas on the parkway. We maintain about 900, and they're on a sort of three-year schedule for us to get back to. Um, some of you probably know this, but there were very detailed maps called the Plums Maps that outlined the specific aesthetic outcomes for every overlook and pull out on the entire 469 mile length. They're protected. They quantify what plants would be where. And while you might not feel controlled when you're on the parkway, those early landscape architects were very much managing what your experience would be in each of these places. And those experiences are things that we're trying to preserve forever. Uh, so they made conscious and thoughtful efforts of where things were placed. We have in the parkway 10% of all the National Park Service roads in the entire country. We have 11% of the bridges in the whole country. We have 40% of the tunnels. Uh, and managing tunnels is kind of challenging. Um, we have hundreds of scenic overlooks, parking areas, bridges. We, uh, the life cycle for pavements normally 20 years. We have more than 200 miles of roads that exceed 30 years. Uh, we have over 100 trails. Um, we have 25% of the maintained landscapes. We have 12 major picnic areas, two minor picnic areas. And uh, in general... We have about 45 water systems and about 100 wastewater systems that we manage on the parkway. Uh, all total, all of this heavy built infrastructure that allows for enjoyment and experience and connection with a major national park, the most visited national park in the country, uh, we have about 500 million in deferred maintenance uh, and investment needs. But um, it's not all gloom and doom, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Oh, it looks like I went through forward a few accidentally. Sorry about that. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of our other uh, programs. Visitor and Resource Protection, we do have federal law enforcement folks on our team. They respond to more than 7,000 incidents a year, several hundred uh, motor vehicle collisions, several dozen fatalities a year. Uh, they work primary first response for emergencies, but we also partner with 29 counties up and down the parkway uh, to do the good work of that program. We also manage a pretty robust radio system that helps keep everybody safe, including the visitors. Um, our last Division is interpretation, education, and this is the ranger that you're thinking of when you think of park ranger. The flat hat, the uniform like this, guided walks and talks, maybe talking to bears uh, on, a, on a slow day, um, and providing all of the exhibits and materials that are necessary to help people, junior rangers, and other visitors have a really good visit up and down the parkway. 
Um, I just do a couple minutes here on our strategic priorities. We have some short-term priorities, which include these, caring for the corridor, investing in our campgrounds, trails, and picnic areas, protecting the critical park resources and boundaries. That's kind of an onslaught of development around the parkway. Everybody wants their own private driveway from their landlocked land to get to the parkway to take their 40000 investment and make it worth $4 million. Um, and I get a lot of those requests, probably one a month. Um, and we also have priorities associated with determining the future of some of our vacant structures. If some of you have heard me talking in small groups, you know a little bit about that. I'm happy to chat with you afterwards. There are a lot of structures on the parkway that were designed to be commercially viable uh, that are no longer because of the success in local communities of those same kinds of offerings. You know, but for all these challenges, um, there are also some great success stories. While it is hard for us to manage off-road hiking and hiking where people are not supposed to be and parking where people are not supposed to be and the onslaught of visitors, people love their parks, and we are spending hundreds of millions of dollars in investments in infrastructure, and what that means is road detours. And I know if you've traveled the parkway, you know we have a lot of road detours, and I tell people that that is the cost of the generation of investment. We are doing 40 years' worth of construction in about three and a half years. Uh, So you're feeling the pain now uh, and the gain will come because this asset that's brought so much economic benefit to this region is going to continue to do so into the future. Uh, And I'll I'll just end with, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for the Parkway staff to connect. We have an incredible team. We have an incredible group of volunteers and we have a lot of community partners like those of you in the room to help us with sharing information, uh, helping people plan and have a successful visit, supporting us directly through funding like many of the organizations here have done on Vista Restoration, restoring places like the Cone Manor. Um, and I just want to, number one, thank you. Um, without the work of the land trust, some of them who are represented here, we would not have the kind of vistas that we have on the parkway right now, and you would not have that experience. But the true experience of the Blue Ridge Parkway is not just the ribbon of the road. It's the experience that people get when they get off the parkway and they get into the communities. And that's where you all come in. So uh, I look forward to leading the parkway, hopefully till my retirement in uh, many years to come. And I look forward to working with all of you. That's Tracy Swartout, superintendent of the Blue Ridge Parkway, joining us as part of the 2023 High Country Economic kickoff luncheon a full event recap available at boonchamber.com that includes all of the powerpoint slides and details and a reminder to you that you can subscribe to this podcast we release it each thursday as we bring you news you can use throughout the business communities of boone blowing rock and all of northwest north carolina thank you to appalachian commercial real estate and appalachian regional Healthcare system for providing this recap of the 2023 high country economic kickoff luncheon take care everybody